On Point, hosted by Peter Van Artrike. Conversations with interesting and informative experts on technology, branding, culture, social media marketing, and other great topics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Peter Van Artrike, your host for On Point, brought to you by our good friends at Wells Media, which includes Carrier Management, Insurance Journal, and other fine publications. This episode is supported by PersonalUmbrella.com, where you can quote standalone personal umbrella policies of up to $5 million in three minutes online, just by answering four simple questions. Our guest today is Taylor Evans. Welcome, Taylor. Thanks so much, Peter. I'm excited to be here. Yes. T- Taylor uh, works at IAT Insurance Group in Raleigh, North Carolina, beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina, home of the... Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, That's I'm a, right. I'm, I'm a big hockey fan, so they are they are a good team. They've been a good team for a while. Very well coached. I got some good friends who are fans there. Taylor, did you ever get to any of the games down there? You bet. I'm a season ticket holder. Believe it oh, or not. <laughs> okay, so you're a caniac then. As, uh, I sure am. As they I sure call am. Well, we're talking to Taylor because um, we've been just very impressed with uh, with her work over over the last few years that we're that we've been aware of. Um, last year in twenty two, um, Taylor, you received the Trailblazer Award from the Insurance Marketing and Communications Association, or IMCA, a group that you and I are both involved in. So we thought we would catch up because I um, insurance marketing, um, not not marketing a piece of business to a carrier, which is an important function in the industry, but marketing to agents, to the consumers, to prospects, um, to businesses, those that sort of marketing is what we're talking about is is an often kind of mysterious and misunderstood side of the business. So I try to prop up my peeps, as it were, in the in the marketing world. Um, but because um I, I read your I read um, your nomination for the Trailblazer Award. It just sounds um, like you've you're really off to a, a great start in your career. But I think you've been there about five years now, right? I have been. Yep. Yeah. So how how did you get involved? Because a challenge, um, you know, the employment brand for the insurance industry is is a challenge. Um, Definitely. But um, I'm sure you'll tell us why you were happy you went into the industry, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you'll be shocked to know that I was not always envisioning a career in insurance marketing. (laughs) I actually majored in communication studies at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and I saw a career in public relations right away. Um, So actually, when I graduated, I immediately started my career at an ad agency where I worked on a public relations and social media team. It was a really great opportunity for me. I managed anywhere from five to six clients at a time. And, you know, it, it ranged various industries, what I worked in a lot of B2B. Did do some B2C on the restaurants and hospitality side, uh, but was really involved in agricultural equipment, textiles, pet food, a lot of different verticals. The list really goes on and on. And that actually translates super well to what we do in insurance, which I didn't realize at the time. But about three years into agency life, I was truly eager to fully immerse myself in one brand. And I was on LinkedIn perusing to see what opportunities were out there in the local area. And I stumbled upon an opportunity for a corporate communication specialist role at IAT Insurance Group. And immediately I was intrigued 
intrigued really by the position because it was getting in on the ground floor of developing a brand, um, which I was eager to get started with and was really yearning for that opportunity where I was previously. But I was so hesitant to join insurance. I was totally a part of the group who believed in the stigma that insurance is not a great industry to be in. They're just after your money. Um, You know, I barely knew anything about my own personal auto policy, believe it or not. I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't even know what my declaration page was on my policy. But I figured, you know, what the heck? Let's give it a shot. Um, Seems like a great opportunity just from a marketing standpoint. And I met with Corinne Best, who heads up marketing here at IAT. And she told me, you know, we're really building a marketing team here. Prior to that at IAT, we did not have a marketing function. Um, So it seemed like a really exciting opportunity. And I said, hey, you know, maybe I could be pretty good at this. I really liked Corinne as a leader. Um, Fast forward five years later, we have a small but mighty team here at IAT that heads up marketing and communications. And I really haven't looked back since. So I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that I stumbled into this insurance career. That's great. Um, t- tell us a little bit about IAT. Absolutely. So IAT is a private family owned specialty property casualty insurity carrier. We are headquartered here in Raleigh, North Carolina, but we have about 30 office locations across the United States and we house about 900 employees. We work with both independent retail agents and also wholesale general agents to distribute our products. We operate out of eight different verticals that we consider our business units here at IAT. So we're in a lot of specialty markets, including commercial transportation, surety, as I mentioned earlier, Inland Marine, which also houses our property and aviation units, um, excess and surplus, reinsurance programs, management liability, and I think our last one is homeowners. We have quite the roster here, Um, and we've actually been certified as a great place to work for the last five years. We have a lot of great things happening at IAT. Um, I mentioned, you know, uh, five years ago, a lot of people didn't really know who we were, and now we're starting to gain more recognition and awareness in the marketplace. People are seeing us as a contender, a competitor, and that's really, really exciting. Um, Before I started, we were really considered a a family of acquisitions here at IAT. Everybody kind of operated out of silos, and now we are really unified as one IAT, one brand. And so it's it's been quite the exciting journey to be at the company so far. That's great. So just to clarify, it is it is an insurance carrier, right? Yes, we are a carrier. Yeah, I was I I thought right away. because I, I must confess, I'm one of those that that uh, who wasn't aware uh, of who you were. I was assuming it was a wholesaler, MGA, MGU kind of thing. But you work with you work with those entities as well as retail agents, right? We absolutely do. Yep. Okay, got it. Um, so, how um, I wanted to ask you as as somebody, um, I know it's been f- five years, but uh, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast have been in the industry much, much longer. Um, they um, they might might say, gee, we need to find, where do we find more tailors? Like, what do we do? Um, because everybody's in the same boat. I think I saw statistics from the Insurance Information Institute or the IIII that there's a need for a half million 
um, insurance professionals um, in the next four years to join the industry to replace the baby boomers who are uh, retiring or segueing or just moving on, shuffling out of the industry. So half million tailors, where are we going to find them, Taylor? <laughs> I think we just have to be more intentional. We have to be more proactive when we're looking for this talent. We have to recognize, to your point, Peter, that there is a, an opportunity for more people to join this industry, especially with folks coming out of college right now that can really start and grow and, and prosper in an insurance career. I think the biggest challenge is kind of getting through the opportunity to those who might not consider a career in insurance. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity that's right under our nose that we need to be more cognizant of. And um, when I say that, I, I'm talking about like some of the trades right now. Um, we're thinking at IAT when it comes to a recruitment standpoint about people who have practical knowledge of, of some of the risks that we insure, like folks on construction sites, people who are actually in, you know, a commercial unit, a, uh, you know, semi-truck on the road. They have this knowledge of what it's like to be in front of risk. And, you know, there's a way that you can apply that knowledge to a career in insurance. And I think it's important that we do a better job of talking about that opportunity, also the stability that insurance, you know, brings to somebody's career. There's a lot of uncertainty going on right now in, in the workforce across the United States, but one thing remains true, insurance is here to stay. We're always going to need insurance. So the job security there is tremendous. And I think that's something that we need to do a better job of sharing that message with folks. So it's really just, you know, getting that message out to those high potential folks that are coming out of school and are eager to start their career, but don't really know where to go or people who have started their career, but are maybe looking to apply those skills in a different way. So I think that there are a lot of different ways that we can get in front of those audiences. But yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things is, is really to your point, Peter, recognizing that there is opportunity, um, that there is a sincere need for more talent here. And then it's, you know, going from there and, and putting a game plan together of how do we get this message out to these folks and let them know about the opportunity that this space holds. So you found IAT via um, LinkedIn. And uh, I find it interesting how um, I don't, I, don't I, I think carriers, certainly um, most of them are, are taken advantage of, of LinkedIn uh, many agents and brokers um, don't really see it as uh, the, the same way, which is kind of a miss on my, on my, you know, in my mind that it's it's almost like um, if you're not there, you're sort of invisible as an employment brand, you know. Absolutely. Uh, do you? Um, so what what was it about that ad or that posting or the company that that struck you? Like besides being in Raleigh and. You yeah, know, we all we all need a job. So you're motivated. But, you know, how, 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 what was it about it? And what are some lessons that maybe you're applying now um, for your work if you're working on the employment brand there? But for, for others, too, like how to word things or how to describe the careers or what what, what were your takeaways? Yeah. So, you know, back when I was applying for IAT, we did not have any social media presence. So I saw that as an opportunity for myself. Um, 
the information that I got on the company, frankly, there wasn't even a whole lot out there on the website. Since I came here, we've redone our website. There's certainly a lot more information out there now today about IAT than there was five years ago. Didn't have a whole lot to go off of. So it was really a leap of faith for me at that time. But when I met Corinne, uh, that really solidified everything for me. And I just kind of trusted my gut. She, you know, did a great job of selling me on the opportunity and was pretty transparent. Like, hey, we have a lot of work to do here, as you can tell. We didn't have a marketing function prior to her joining the organization. So we had to really build from the ground up. And that was super exciting to me. So just seeing that opportunity and not really having any constraints that were visible at that point. Like it was kind of like the world was our oyster back then. That was super exciting to me, mm -hmm. but really what sold me was her. It, it's rooted in the people. It's rooted in the opportunity, the genuineness, the authenticity. And that's something that we carry today in our employer brand to your point. So we've done a lot to help us, you know, talk more about our culture at IAT. Now our culture here is not something new. We know how to better define it now, um, but that, Though our companies, you know, I mentioned we were a family of acquisitions, though that was kind of how we identified, it wasn't true to who we were. We held a lot of focus groups shortly after I started to kind of get folks on the same page. Like, what do we have in common here? What's our undercurrent? What, what connects all of us as one company that's right under our nose? And to our employees, they unanimously responded, well, we feel like a family here. We do what we can to help each other, to provide answers to those who depend on us, both each other, our customers, our agent partners, our insureds. So understanding a little bit more about how they saw coming to work every day was really essential to us to help us find our employee voice, our, our internal messaging and positioning. And I know there's a lot of, you know, uh, debate within the workforce about referring to, you know, our employees as family, but for us, it, it really works. It's something that our employees started calling each other. Um, so internally we said, okay, well, our employees are saying we're a family of answers. So let's get on our intranet. Let's have this conversation. Let's continue this narrative. Let's illustrate how we do that day in and day out. So our brand building really started from the inside, and that's true for our employer brand, for our external brand in the marketplace, how our competitors see us, how our customers see us. Um, you know, that remains true. It's all rooted in, in the employee experience, frankly, if you ask me. So it's... It, that's a huge part of it for us and how we translate that and, and show folks outside of the organization, you know, how we function. Um, we do a lot of that on social media. I'm, I'm totally with you, Peter. I think it's a miss for folks not to take advantage of social media. I think there's a lot of hesitation around it because we are such a traditional industry, but I, I think that it's truly essential to be out there and show how you're using your voice, show your culture, um, show what your company is about. It's part of your brand identity. It's your persona. It's, it's who you are. It's, you know, it's huge. It, it also helps for employee morale. 
I also think a big part of it is encouraging employees to use their voice. I know that there's a lot of hesitation around that too. Do we really want our employees on social media? I think that's a miss. I think folks should be on social media. They're your best brand advocate. They're the ones who are on the front lines. Their boots are on the ground. They're interacting with your customers, other potential recruits. It's it's so important to make sure that we're empowering our people and are carrying out our authentic messaging. And, you know, I, I mentioned when I started at IAT, it was just me and Corinne in a room talking people and people just having a conversation. At the end of the day, we're all human. I think being on social media platforms like LinkedIn, it helps show our human side. It helps show our authenticity. It helps communicate, you know, what's important to us, what our values are, and that's integral to to any business, but especially from an employer brand perspective. Yeah, well, that's um, very, very smart of you to to think about the inside out piece, uh, which I think is lost on a lot of organizations. Um, so often when, when they're thinking of marketing, they they want to jump to the fun stuff like uh, yeah. logos and websites and pretty colors and brochures and, and PDFs and, and uh, you know, nice looking email headlines. And um, but I always say, like, what's the message? What are you really, really saying? You know, um, so part of that, uh, that culture work you guys did is you, you came up, it sounded like you came up with it from what I can tell when reading the um, Trailblazer Award nomination, this whole idea of insurance answers together, IAT. Uh, yeah. can, is that that's what you were describing earlier, right? Yeah. So internally, I would say back in 2017, 2018 is really when we were trying to determine who we were from an internal brand perspective. And we kind of landed on this positioning of a family of answers. But we wanted to understand how we evolve from that to how we communicate that externally. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> when I started at IAT, I went crazy going over the website. Um, well, really, as I was interviewing, trying to figure out what the heck IAT stood for. Like, what the heck is that acronym? It's going to be some of this interview trivia. I know it and I can't find it anywhere. Well, the funny thing is it actually didn't really stand for much of anything. I think there's a lot of debate internally. Um, if it was like interstate air taxi, international air taxi, um, the, you know, uh, conception of it is still a little hazy for us. But what we knew for certain, and, and we really discovered this after our internal brand of family of answers was embraced, um, it, it didn't really matter what it was, but we knew that we were somebody different today. And when people ask us, like, what is IAT? Who are you? The fact that some people hesitated or didn't necessarily have an answer for that right away, um, you know, it's not a good reflection. It's it's not how we really feel about the company. We're actually extremely confident in our company. So how do we translate family of answers into something that's a little bit more digestible externally and also kind of helps us describe what is IAT? Um, in the pandemic, we were able to redefine that thanks to our employees really rallying around and embracing our culture. And so together as a marketing team, we came up with insurance answers together. It's really what we do, what we strive to provide, and how we do it. 
together. So our employees were really jazzed about us being able to answer that age-old question. We've always poked fun at ourselves for that. Um, even on the marketing team, we're like, man, we got to do something about this. But, you know, it's not one of those things that you can just do overnight. You really have to understand the culture, make sure that there's people who are advocating for it, who also believe in it. Like you have to have that buy-in before you can just, you know, come out and say who you are. So we certainly had that. And yeah, our internal culture absolutely influenced how we refer to ourselves today. So um, the answers, the answers are, you know, um, you know to, answers to coverage questions, answers to a market for trucking or whatever, right? I mean, it's... yeah. Yeah, the, it really, mm -hmm. truly, yeah, it, it really speaks to our customer service whenever we're working with our, our different verticals. We, you know, especially as we're growing or we, we're starting to grow familiar with the company, we were like, what's our competitive advantage? And every time you hear over and over, it's our customer service. When folks come to us for a quote, it doesn't go in a black hole. We're responsive. We get back to people. And, you know, sometimes the answer is no, it's not always yes. But the thing is, you know, we, we want to maintain these relationships and keep them going and have them be a positive experience. So the answers piece really speaks to, uh, you know, our, our responsiveness, our customer service and our commitment to our relationships. That's great. Really good stuff. Um, you're taking an, an acronym or a set of initials and giving it some meaning. Um, it, uh, and not to pile on, on the IAT thing, but, um, one of my rants that I've done over the many years is if you have a chance to name your company, don't name it with initials. <laughs> um, but I can tell from what you, how you're describing this and what's on your website and, and uh, it's, you're, you're doing something with that. You're, you're, you're pouring meaning into an otherwise empty vessel uh, of, of, of just alphabet soup. You know, you're, yeah, you're you're putting soup into the soup cup, you know, <laughs> which is just IAT. <laughs> but it's it's um it's good it's good to have a little fun with this. I mean, come on, life's short. Yeah, it's definitely a more reactive approach, but sometimes that's the way it works. <laughs> right. Um. So uh, this is this is completely uh, a, a complete pivot question, but I I I know our listeners are all. Uh, dig in any conversation around return to work or how hybrid or remote or how work, how insurance work is getting done today, how organizations are handling uh, the the whole thing with, um, with the upheaval caused by the pandemic. And so um, how, how are you guys setting up your, your work weeks? Um, how do you, how do you handle hybrid or remote work or do you have that? Yeah, so IAT has a really flexible policy, which I think a lot of folks are thankful for. You know, we we aren't uh, very different in the sense that, you know, when the pandemic happened, everybody was home. We did have a, a couple key folks in the office performing essential tasks, but for the most part, we were all separated, relying on Zoom. And while that did allow some flexibility and people got used to that, people were really excited to come back into the office because we carry such strong relationships with one another. That's something that we're really grateful for in our culture. And so our CEO was pretty transparent from the get-go that we weren't going to be home every single day forever. So very early on, before it really started to become a, a trend in the workforce, 
our CEO, Bill Cunningham, announced a hybrid work model in which employees would be in the office Monday through Wednesday, with Thursday and Friday being flexible work from home. There were a couple questions early on, you know, does it make sense? Can employees have more flexibility to choose those days? But frankly, what we do is so deeply rooted in collaboration. It's essential for us to be in the office together on consistent days. And it's something that's proven really effective for us while also allowing that flexibility that a lot of us got so comfortable with had to really during the pandemic. So that's really our approach. Monday through Wednesday in office, Thursday and Friday, flexible work from home. Okay. And our people, because um, uh, I, I know some companies have um, different days of the week. Is there, um, is it a scenario where well, you you feel that folks are as productive at home Thursday and Friday as they are in the office, or do you have different hours when you're at home? So we have the same hours, and for us, it's our productivity has has proven really you know strong. We've been pretty consistent. At IAT, I, I think it's really a, a testament to our values that employees really embrace. We know that we're people working with people. If we drop the ball in some ways or we aren't executing where we're supposed to, that's really putting more weight on someone else's shoulders. So we don't have a whole lot of cases around that. Um, I hope that's not a rarity in this industry, but it's it's certainly not something that's widespread here. Everybody really takes ownership for what they do. So productivity has been great. I will say it got better. <laughs> I think when everybody got back in the office, but that's definitely not unique to us um, for at least those three days during the week. But yeah, I, I would say our, our productivity is super strong. And, you know, a, a lot of that is because we do have those consistent days to Monday through Wednesday. And, you know, sometimes it's up to the manager's discretion. We all look at our employees, we're, we're people, it's, it's people working with people. So, you know, we allow for flexibility where it makes sense at the manager's discretion. Uh, but really the model that we have is, is working great. And, and we have no plans to, you know, change it up at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. A couple of quick questions before I let you go. Um, do you, so as you look at insurance marketing and communications, um, maybe more broadly, um, how how do you see it evolving or what are some ways in which you you know uh you see it evolving from from when you started maybe to to now uh maybe there's more technology involved are are marketing folks having to almost become technology specialists too or how how so what do you you know from your perspective because you're way younger than me i have a perspective but i'd love to hear yours yeah, I mean, the digital realm is impossible to ignore. I think that social media is just going to continue. Its importance in telling your brand story is going to continue to be amplified. I think in addition to the traditional long form content that we're used to seeing like blog work and webinars, things like that, companies are going to be forced to evolve to fit to attention spans of people, right? Like I I was uh, talking to somebody the other day and letting them know that we're now actually active on TikTok. And they were really surprised to hear that because, it, I mean, I would say a couple of years ago, it would not make sense <laughs> for an insurance carrier to be on TikTok. But that's kind of where our needs have grown, um, especially to be able to show who we are and you know, I talked a lot about authenticity earlier to kind of give folks a peek behind the curtain at what IAT 
life here is like. So I, I think those things are going to continue to evolve and we have to be open to them. And back to the long form content, you know, we're used to producing webinars and that blog content that really showcases our subject matter experts that we have within our walls. But we're going to have to look at, you know, more non-traditional senses of content, like short form video content that you see on platforms like TikTok, where you have it digestible into, you know, 30 to second video, like snapshots, 30 to 60 seconds. That's what you have to be able to get a message across and have something resonate. So how do we look at that long form content and make it digestible into something like that style? Um, it's going to be really interesting. And I think that's one of the most exciting things about being in marketing is that it's always changing and you have to keep up with the digital advancements. And, you know, I, again, I think we talked a little bit earlier about how some folks aren't embracing social media. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to continue to grow. And, you know, you don't want to be left behind. You need to get in there and, and really start developing your voice and understanding what content works for you and what resonates with your specific audience. I think, yeah, you have to grow your tech stack. You have to be adaptable. That's just going to continue to be more and more important over time. And, you know, doing more to encourage employees to advocate for your voice online by sharing your messaging. Again, they're the boots on the ground. That's not going to change. They're going to be pivotal to sharing your brand message moving forward. Okay, finally, um, I've been a member of the IMC for a long time. Um, what impact um, has it had on your career so far? And um, it, it's a trade association. Obviously, this is kind of an insider question, but um, how? What, is, what does it mean to you, that group of people? Being with the INCA has really been tremendous for me, especially coming from a background where I had zero insurance knowledge. I mean, I was pretty transparent about that at the top of the call. I, I didn't even know what a declaration page was. And just kind of, I, I was fortunate enough to discover the INCA as soon as I started at IAT. So basically, as long as I've been here, I've been a member of the INCA, have grown with the association, I've volunteered on the Promotions and Communications Committee. Now I'm co-chairing that. Um, I'm now on the board of directors. So my relationships have really grown in that space because I've met so many incredible people and we all kind of have some common ground. I think it's easy. You know, a lot of us work on very small marketing teams. And when we're in there, we, we kind of <laughs> pigeonhole ourselves a little bit and say like, gosh, am I the only one struggling with this? Like, I, I feel like, um, you know, I'm, I'm all alone on a little island over here. And then you join the INCA, you go to conference, you attend some of the virtual meetings and understand that other teams have shared experiences and you can kind of exchange war stories and talk about, you know, what's worked for you, maybe what hasn't, how we do more to encourage space at the table for marketers when it comes to, you know, where important decisions are being made for our individual organizations. It's also been incredible as a carrier marketer because we get to work with some of our other marketing teams that are agent partners of ours, like RPS and CRC. It's great to be able to meet them and understand their needs. Um, I think that really helps to enhance our relationship and understand as marketers what we can do to support one another. It's also been really incredible for networking. We have a content marketing partner, Mindy Zisman, with 
Zisman Media. She really supports a lot of our blog development and collaboration with all of our subject matter experts at IAT and our various verticals. I wouldn't have been able to meet her without the IMCA, and she's been such a key partner for us, especially in 2022 and in 2023 as well, already making such a great impact. So it's it's really, it. there's a whole gamut of possibilities working with the INCA. I feel extremely fortunate year after year, I gained something new from just being a member of the association and, you know, sharing these experiences. I, I talked a lot earlier about, uh, you know, how we were a, a family of acquisitions and we all operated in silos and how we came together under the IAT banner with a whole lot of work and a whole lot of love for the brand. And I was just talking to another member the other day and they were like, oh my gosh, it's really interesting that you're talking about that because I'm going through that right now. And so to be able to help support one another, even competitors, I mean, it's just, it's really awesome to be able to have this community where we can come together and, and connect and help each other be better professionals. Oh, great. Taylor, thank you so much. Um, great to um, get to know you a little bit. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be seeing you down the road at various meetings. And I'm sure our listeners will also be hearing more from you. I hope you stay in the insurance industry. <laughs> yeah, I plan on it, Peter. Thank you so much. I, I really enjoy getting to know you a little bit better and having the opportunity to talk. So thanks for having me on. You bet. Take care. This has been On Point with Peter Van Artrike, a podcast presentation of Wells Media Group.